Hello, honey, and welcome to Honey Do Me Podcast. I'm Cass. And I'm Emma, and we're just two gals looking for a good lay. Aren't we all? (laughs) But when it comes to sex, we're just as lost as you and have no idea what we're doing. Luckily, we will stop at nothing to get the answers we need. Cue our expert guests. We're ready to overshare and ask all the embarrassing questions so you don't have to. By the end of every episode, you will be dripping in actionable steps and ready to take on the damn world. Or at least take it from behind. (laughs) (laughs) So tell us, honey. How How do do you do you? Yeah, I'm gonna point. All out right. you have a hickey. You have a hickey, you I middle know. schooler. I know. I never had one before. You fucking showed up to dinner last <laughs> night. That's the first. I don't know if it's because it wasn't terrible looking, but I don't know if it's just because I look at you a lot, mm-hmm. so I notice when something's different. I was like, "You fucking slut!" You said it immediately <laughs> when you walked in. It was so. And this yeah. bitch. Okay, she she has her hair, so she has shorter hair than me. But I say it, and she's like, "Yeah." I mean, I have my hair down. I'm like, okay. Okay, I had my hair down. I coordinated my outfit and my lipstick color with the hickey. And so I feel like I put in a valiant effort. You thought I just wouldn't notice that more color that was in your (laughs) outfit was just up your neck? No, I I knew that you guys would know. I like tried to cover it up at first and then I'm like, why do I care this much? Because it was like starting to get cakey and stuff. Yeah. And I'm like, fuck that. fuck that. I'll just explain it if they ask. <laughs> I just have a hickey. Yeah. That so. is, it honestly didn't bother me so much that you had a hickey. It's that I know that Jurgen gave it to you. That you bothers that, me. You don't know that, though. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> you I think actually I don't know shit. That's what you said. <laughs> you know. You don't know anything, anything about me. Shut the um, fuck up. Yeah, it was Jurgen. Um, you guys have getting are getting a little spicy lately. We have been getting a little spicier, which is fun. I've noticed that I get into moods, but then the more that I have sex, the more I want sex. So right. we've talked about that in uh-huh. like last week's episode, actually, mm-hmm. uh, with Dr. Jordan Rulo. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so that's been really helpful for me. But then I'm like really in the mood and I actually want to have sex even more than he does, which um toxic alert that makes me mad (laughs) (laughs) toxic alert i love that how should we like introduce that next time no i like whoa um i don't know how about there's that mix of four that gorgeous medley toxic alert toxic alert um yeah it makes me mad it upset me um but i also realized that that is like you know shows some areas that i need to work on of like I feel like he's denying me when really like that's just not the way his body works, which is totally fine. Like I am well aware that he's attracted to me. I think he gets too many boners. So it's like, I mean, if he's getting boners from cookies, he gets too many boners. Yeah, right. (laughs) But it it was just the crumble cookies. Like we've had really good desserts since then. And I'll be like, do you have a boner? And he's like, no, no, it was, it's, I can't explain it. Something about that girl. It was the banana bread. crumble cookie really so just funny. took him from zero to ten <laughs> from half chub to full chub <laughs> full chub constantly at a half chub um Gross. yeah so we've been getting spicier which has been fun emma told me a fun story about her uh the uh. person she's dating and that inspired me mm-hmm. so i went to Jurgen and said like I would like for you to be a little more 
dominant uh-huh. and I want to try that. And so he's been doing that, which has been really fun. And we've been like finding our own way of doing that. So right. if you've listened to our episode with Sir Ezra on how to be dominant, mm-hmm. we talked a lot about like, it's okay to laugh and it's okay to joke if that's your personality, like right. fucking do that. Otherwise it's going to feel weird. And uh-huh. so that's been really nice just accepting that because like I'll get really giggly, but then he'll smile, but mm-hmm. that definitely like turns me on more. So it's like a really Good. fun dynamic um and then at one point we used my toys which we've like had we've used like couples toys before uh-huh. but I've never I've Cochran. said this before like we've yeah we've used that was bad experience um different things like that but he wanted to use one of my toys on me and you had talked about uh an experience yeah. like this and I was like okay <laughs> Emma uh-huh. did it I could do it too uh-huh. um I was going to use my Satisfier Pro that died immediately. Oh, no. So that was super frustrating. So I brought out my wand, which is like so intense. It makes the loudest fucking noise yeah. too. So it was just like very intense and I was super nervous. And he's like, no, it's fine. Like it's just right. me and like kept encouraging me. And that was really fun. Um, and I did. And it was great. And it was the first time that ever I've ever used a toy in front of somebody where they were like sitting back watching. And that was intimidating. I will say the worst part of it all was when we were using the satisfier pro and he was going to use it on me and he like spread my ah, labia and it just you never felt, want a labia spread it just it felt meaty it felt <laughs> <laughs> um medical it felt like i just i didn't you like just, knowing that there were you never want them to linger too much with like getting the job done exactly because obstacles you know also we realized he doesn't totally know where the clitoris is <laughs> Because I, he's like, is that it? And I'm like, no. no. So like with hand stuff and mouth stuff, he's great. Uh-huh. With a toy that it goes very specifically. Yeah. To be fair, sometimes if I'm not looking, I have to try it a couple of times. Yeah. Um. But yeah, he was looking. Yeah. So. Oh my God. <laughs> it was really funny. Well, good. Did you finish? Yeah. Yes. With the toy, with him with watching you? With the toy, yeah. Nice. Yeah. Did you guys have penetrative sex at all? Uh, while you were finishing, or were you just using the no, toy? No, just was using you? the toy. Okay. There would have been way too much rumbling. It was the, the toy true. is way too big though, because yeah. the wand was the one that I ended up using. Um, I did add some dramatic flair. I've said before, I'm a silent masturbator. Uh-huh. Besides the toy, so I like added in more noises. Otherwise, I'm like, this is weird. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was really fun, Good. and it was definitely like intimidating knowing that somebody was fully watching the whole thing. Um, but I'm married, so there's nowhere else to go right no now. Nowhere else to turn. Um, yeah. So I turned Congratulations. To Thank you. Proud of you. Thank you. Proud of you. Waiting yeah. to step out of your comfort zone. And I feel like we forget that that's mutual masturbation. Yes, it is. Because like, yes. Well, he was jacking off as well, so it was mutual. I know. <laughs> it takes it's, one more to make it mutual. <laughs> it takes one more. <laughs> I know. I, I don't like hearing things about Jurgen. I know, but that's um, difficult about our situation. I know. <laughs> but I feel like using a toy on yourself in front of someone, I don't know, for some reason it like, mm-hmm. but it is. That is, that's masturbate. It's mutual masturbation. If somebody else is there and you're masturbating, even if they aren't masturbating, feels yeah. mutual. As long as it's feels somebody mutual. not just watching in your window, in which case that's you not mutual masturbation. Call the police unless you put them out there to yeah. watch you through a window. Because <laughs> you and that guy standing outside your studio where he rolled his pee-pee, 
that wasn't mutual masturbation. Like, well, like, except I wrote that fan fiction for you and you did. live, and <laughs> then I made it. I made it mutual masturbation. <laughs> what a turn this has taken. Yeah. Anyway, I'm really happy for you. Thank That's you. awesome. I'm glad you're exploring some dominance uh, in the bedroom. Me too. I'm sure we'll get into that more in a later episode. But it needs a whole episode, yeah. so that's coming. But today so we're we. talking about something that you also kind of mentioned, which was uh, arousal slash desire, mm-hmm. you know, being responsive versus being spontaneous. Like mm-hmm. you were saying, you're having a little bit of trouble with like that yeah. right now. Um, but we're getting into all of that with Nicoletta Heidegger. She is a licensed marriage and family therapist, and she is a shining star. Yes. Brilliant. So, <laughs> brilliant. Hilarious has my dream job. Yeah. Also works with horses and yeah. goats, which she will tell you about. Um, but just a really easy person to talk to in terms of how like our mental blockers can really yeah. get in the way of sex with a, like a lot of what you're dealing with. Exactly. It's This is a mental another mental health episode. We're kind of like piggybacking off of last week, but it is mm-hmm. so different from talking yeah. about sex and antidepressants. And we don't really go into depression and anxiety in this episode, but we talk about all the other things that can happen. And we talk a lot about worth and worthiness mm-hmm. and how that impacts and how you don't need to fucking be perfect in order to fuck. Yeah. And just like getting into that narrative of like, you need to be healed and whole before you can bring somebody else into your yeah. life. The like self-help uh, mm-hmm. bullshit phenomena bullshit that's happening mm-hmm. all around us. Um, and how to advocate for what you want when you feel like you don't deserve what you want. Yes. So all of that is super important. All of that and so much more. Yeah. Coming up. See you on the other side. Coming up. Bye. <laughs> I don't know the song. <laughs> it's not a song. Come and knock on my door. We'll be waiting for you. What's that from? Hi, thanks for having me. My name is Nicoletta Heidegger, and I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist specializing in sex therapy based out of Los Angeles. Um, when I'm not seeing clients for sex therapy, I also specialize in something called equine assisted therapy, which is with horses and donkeys. Um, but some people get confused cause they're like, Oh, sex and horse therapy. Like, <laughs> what are you doing? Wow. Um, and when I'm not seeing clients, I, uh, host a podcast called sluts and scholars. Oh my God. First of all, you have the other dream job of my entire life. I studied mm-hmm. equine therapy throughout all of college. I've done all of like hippotherapy stuff, like in my spare time for volunteering. Oh, I love it. That is so cool. You're just after Emma's heart. Except when I record things at the ranch, there's like, oh, we we have pigs and goats and things too. So there's always like some weird noises happening in the back, which kind of sounds kinky if you like don't know what's happening. (laughs) Oh my God. That is so cool. But y'all have to come out and and meet meet the animals. We would be honored. We would love nothing more. Honored. Oh my God. But I guess for the reason why we're actually here, not just to talk about farm animals. Um, (laughs) It goes hand in hand. (laughs) We want to talk about the crossover between your mental health state, where you're at, and how that impacts your sex life. So I guess maybe we can start there with how does our mental health impact sex? And I know that's a huge question, but like off the top of your head. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's everything. I, I like to tell people when they kind of call me up and ask me like how I practice, I like to tell them that I operate from what's called like a biopsychosocial perspective. Um, and so that means like biological, physiological, sociocultural, um, you know, all, all the components. And I think a lot of people, 
even if they know logically that this isn't true, still believe in our culture that like, if you are, if you love somebody and if you're in relationship with somebody that it's just supposed to like happen naturally and like all these other factors aren't supposed to affect how you feel and your desire and your arousal levels. Um, but, you know, to me, it's a, it's such a complex web and intersection of all of these things, mental health included. Um, it was so wild. Like during the pandemic, I had so many clients come to me and be like, oh, it's so weird. Like I'm having, you know, such low libido. I like don't want to have sex at all. Or like I had clients coming to me after the, the Roe v. Wade stuff going on. And they're like, you know, it's so weird. I don't know why I'm like not wanting to have sex. And I'm like, really? <laughs> I'm like there's a global pandemic and the second one is like you know yeah it's hard to feel sexy when you feel like your rights are taken away mm-hmm. um I think it can also affect it in the opposite way I think some people turn to sex when they're not feeling great um and this can be tough in like couples that I see because people often kind of pick their opposite in this way so usually there's one partner who turns to connection and sex when they're feeling down and then there's one partner who turns away from connection and sex when they're feeling down and so then you have this kind of opposing thing happening that Mm -hmm. I see in probably every partnership ever (laughs) so does sex and like if if you're somebody who turns to sex and connection does that can that positively impact your mental health I think it certainly can. I mean, I think it depends how people are doing it. I think a lot of times people turn to stuff in and they're not really like doing it in a mindful way. Uh And so it can definitely go to a place of like, I'm just trying to dissociate, which can help for a time. And look, sex can increase some feel good hormones in your body. So like, it can certainly help your mood and your overall health and wellness and your immune system and things like that. So I think it certainly can help. And I feel like if someone's not addressing the underlying cause and they're just turning to that to like zone mm-hmm. out and dissociate, um, it may feed them for a moment, but they're still going to maybe be hungry for what it is mm-hmm. they were looking for. Um, I think another important piece about this too is our nervous system. And so I don't know if you've talked about like brakes and accelerators on the podcast. Probably not enough. So yeah, feel free to please. dive in. Okay. So it's kind of like, Within us, we all sort of have these car mechanisms, and this was studied a lot by researchers, but most notably it's been talked about in Emily Nagoski's book, Come As You Are, where she kind of labels them as these brakes and accelerators. Um, And so what that's kind of founded in is that, like, in order to have sex, in order to desire sex, we we, we need to have, like, a certain balance of the things that turn us on, the things that arouse our nervous system, and not even just in a sexual way, like the things that just, like, turn our system into the on place, not necessarily erotically. And then combining that with stuff that also relaxes us. So what I mean by that is like, if you're way too aroused, not in a sexual way, but if your nervous system is like fucking freaking out, like your high anxiety, it might be hard to engage and want to connect sexually. Um, And if you're too much on the breaks, you might be asleep. (laughs) So (laughs) you have to like find this and each person has like a, a, a balance that's right for them and their system. And so if your nervous system balance is off, like if your brakes are going on too much or your accelerators are going on too much or not enough, firstly, your body's not going to be able to get physically aroused in the way you want it. And also your desire to connect with people in relationship is going to be turned off in some way, shape or form. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Thanks for touching on that too, because gas and brakes, you know, you don't often think about what is holding you down or accelerating you forward. (laughs) Um, 
I don't, I guess I don't really know how to phrase this question, but if you're in this life right now, literally everything that you just described about, like, if <laughs> really? you're existing, if right you're now. existing as a human being, you know, day to day you go through and you're like, I'm not actively sad or anxious, but still I feel like my sex drive and my like libido is so off. Like, how do you explain that to yourself or to a partner when consciously you're like, I don't feel depressed. So why do I still feel so off? Yeah. I mean, that's tough. Cause I, I, I would say my first thought goes to like what I would do as a clinician. So I guess I would answer it from that thing. And it's like I said, there's so many mechanisms that can affect things that we want. And I, I think we, I loved that uh, shitty movie from a long time ago, Sex Drive. Did you watch that movie? No, I don't think so. All right. For people watching, shout out. Uh, it's just, <laughs> it's, it's bad. It's bad, but it's worth a watch. Um, so I like, I use that word too, but it's not really even always using the car metaphor. Like it's not really a drive. There are so many like intersecting things that affect um, wanting to have sex. So first there's a difference between desire and arousal. So arousal is an unconscious body reaction to stimulus. And again, that could be sexual or that could be not sexual. Like if someone scares you, that is, you know, maybe you get aroused in the sense that your heart starts to race, your, you know, skin starts to get flushed. Um, desire is more the like head and heart of like, I want to do this. And so when we talk about sex drive, um, I think it's best to break it down into like, is the desire not there or is the arousal not there or are the two just misaligned? Like, are you having arousal without desire or desire without arousal? Because that happens pretty frequently for folks. Um, so if I get a client in my practice that is struggling with this, my first suggestion for them is to go to a sexual medicine specialist and not just your general OBGYN because some are amazing, but uh, not all OBGYNs have a specialization in sex stuff. And so a sexual medicine specialist is going to look at things like hormone levels and vitamin levels to see if there's anything going on physiologically, uh, because everything from like low vitamin D can affect things like different hormone levels, taking um, oral contraceptives for a long period of time, um, having back issues or like nerve pain or pretty much anything can affect you like physiologically and that's going to affect your sex. Um, also if people experience things like pelvic pain. So I would say first stop is like, let's figure out what the fuck is actually going on mm -hmm. and rule in or rule out anything physical um, and then from there we can see, okay, if it is physical, then we address that. If it's not, then we see what's going on. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I feel like we, we're not told to look deeper. We're told to push through whenever mm -hmm. we're like, well, I'm not depressed. So that just means I have to keep pushing through. But that mm -hmm. doesn't mean that there isn't a slew of things under the surface that you're ignoring that are really severely impacting your relationships. Yeah. I also like, I don't know what people you're talking about who like aren't experiencing like anxiety or depression. <laughs> yeah. right now. I don't know those people. Yeah, you can, yeah, I don't know those. If you could introduce me to one. Um, Cause I think with everything going on right now and I mean, just thinking of pandemic, like most people have been in their kind of like fight or flight, AKA that overly right. high arousal, or they've been in the freeze response, which is the too much breaks um, because of everything that's going on. And that's going to affect like your cortisol levels. That's going to affect your ability to connect with people. So like, I don't know if I know anyone who's walking around and doesn't have some shit going on. Um, <laughs> but you know, there's a whole litany of things that can cause 
struggles. And so, yeah, it, it is the looking deeper and being willing to dive deeper because mm-hmm. it could be something really simple or it could be something really complex. Right. So it sounds like it's safe to say that there is a really good chance that most people's sex lives are like struggling or different in some capacity <laughs> yes. in the past couple of years. I feel like that's really comforting because I feel like when things do start to go wrong or when your desire changes or when things just aren't working the way that they used to. Or you don't think you're having it enough or exactly. whatever that means. That is so frustrating. Yeah. That's a really big one for me that I experienced was not feeling like I wasn't having it enough, but not wanting to have it anymore. Mm-hmm. Like the shame that I felt in feeling like I didn't want to be a sexual person was yeah. like mental health like breaking mm-hmm. in its own, like that part yeah. hurt. Like your mental health hurt your sex life, but then your sex life hurt your mental health. Yeah. And it was like this shitty spiral. It was a shitty spiral for sure. Totally. Yeah. And I feel like I also need to say like, for some people, it's also like an orientation thing, right? Like maybe someone is on the asexual spectrum or maybe someone is like, yeah, uh, having something else going on with like what they're interested in. Um, there's another theory that like, you don't want sex that is not enjoyable, which I think is very obvious. So like, if you're not having sex that you like, why would you want to do more of that? Yeah. That's a really um, good that's point. That's a really good point. That I don't know why wasn't so fucking obvious. He was a very nice man, but I did not enjoy our sex life for like a majority of our relationship. So sorry. If someone kept like, (laughs) if someone kept giving you food that caused you like to have diarrhea, like, would you want to keep eating that? I mean, maybe sometimes like, I I mean, we both do keep eating dairy, even though we have diarrhea. So maybe not that example. But I guess it depends like how much pleasure you get from the eating it. Right. Right. (laughs) That's true. Like if you get an orgasm, but then you have diarrhea. It's like, yeah, then, you're, then it's fine. Like, what are you right, going to exactly. remember? You know, exactly. are you going to remember the orgasm or are you going to remember diarrhea? Yeah, that was, I think that was originally that, uh, you know, having sex worth having was from a researcher, Peggy Kleinplatz. And she, yeah, I mean, it seems so basic, but like mm-hmm. when I feel like when people hear that, they're like, wow, I never thought of that. <laughs> I never mm-hmm. thought of that. Yeah. And I think that is such an important distinction to make too in this episode specifically talking about mental health because I don't want people to be like, oh, well, I must have something going on mentally when the sex actually is just shitty. Well, not shitty, but like it's not what you want. It's not pleasurable. It's not good for you. And it's like I think, you know, obviously all of us are having mental health stuff right now. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think that that is also a big factor in relationships that's important to acknowledge. It could be a lot more sensory, yeah, Mm -hmm. than, you know. Maybe that you have anxiety or something. Mm-hmm. So that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And I don't know if like most of your listeners are like people with vulvas, but you know, if you have people with penises listening in or like testosterone driven mm-hmm. folks, I think, um, you know, it's important to look at the cultural aspect too, right? Like if you're comparing yourself to other people and you think that, oh, I should be wanting to like fuck anytime, anywhere, under any circumstance, I think that's usually more looking at like, people with penises, Mm -hmm. you know, if like, oh, the house could be falling down and I should be able to like, just have sex. Like if you're operating under this assumption that nothing is going to like flap you and you should just have a constant drive or obviously I'm using that word so easy to use it, but you just have a constant, like, you know, wanting to have sex all the time. (laughs) Um, that's just not realistic, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
I saw this uh, TikTok today where it, I don't know if this directly relates, but she was like, you think I'm mean? Try when I have so much anxiety and we're running late. Like sometimes we just kind of crack under that mm-hmm. pressure, but we're, we're expected to like be easy breezy, but it's like, mm-hmm. no, I have anxiety and OCD and we need all those things to be addressed. It's kind of crazy that any of us are able to orgasm under the circumstances yeah. that we are now in. Because we like, have to just forget what's happening and like drop it at the door to yeah. like feel pleasure and not feel guilty about feeling mm-hmm. pleasure. It's like I'll pick that up on the way out, but yeah. for one second, <laughs> it's just me and my satisfier pro. Yeah. <laughs> and have you talked about um, like spontaneous versus responsive desire on the show? We have, yes. But if you want to give like a little rundown of it again, I think it's so important. I loved this when I first discovered this. So this is like my favorite thing to talk about. So please go on. Yeah. So I think just kind of fitting into the same category that we're talking about, like it's important to remember that some people um, aren't just like spontaneously thinking about sex. And that doesn't mean that they have a disinterest. It just means that they need other things to happen or need to feel other ways to be open to the idea of getting turned on. Um, So responsive desire basically just means that a person has to get physically aroused first before they're like, oh, I remember that I like sex. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and mm-hmm. spontaneous is more like the wind blows and like, I got a boner. Let's do it. <laughs> like the so, Lonely Island song, I just ate a grape and I just. Oh, yeah. my head, that one. Yes, exactly. <laughs> a little more spontaneous, yeah. right? Just a little. Um, <laughs> Yeah. So like, if you're someone who's not thinking about it at all, it might be fine. If it doesn't bother you, like who cares? Um, But if it's starting to become a struggle, it may be that you're like not setting the stage enough to allow yourself to get to a place where you're open to getting turned on or open to like experiencing desire. Um, And if you're just waiting for it to spontaneously happen, it might never happen. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know that that was a thing. They thought that that meant you were broken if you weren't a Mm -hmm. spontaneous if you couldn't Sex eat a grape and, and cream in your, your pants. <laughs> <laughs> Please don't say cream. I don't know. I said it earlier. And nut. <laughs> nut. Sorry saying. for using the scientific term. The scientific term. Yeah, I can, so uh, I can vouch that as the scientific term. <laughs> Thank you. But, but that's literally it. like what I talk to every single client about, like no matter their background, is people want to know that they're like not broken. Yeah. Um, and I do so much just like educating people about things that are like very normal that are happening. And people get fucking angry because they're like, why didn't anybody tell me that this was normal? And they've been operating for so long with mental health struggles or like hating themselves or thinking they're broken. And then it's this cycle. And then of course they don't want to have sex. Um, when in reality, it was just like a very normal variation of sexuality. Um, and people get like grief, people get rageful, like people are, people get pissed about it. Cause they're like, how have I been living like 30, 40 plus years not even knowing any of this. Like, no, why didn't anybody tell me? Why didn't my doctor tell me? I definitely want to dive into worthiness a little bit more because I think that is a big factor in all of this when we're struggling and if sex isn't going the way that we want it to, I think that can take a big toll on our worthiness. And also this idea, um, we've talked about it a couple of times, but that if like you don't feel good about yourself, like you shouldn't be giving yourself to someone else or like if you can't love yourself, like you know what I mean? Like you shouldn't be getting into relationship. Like you I can't be roll my sex. eyes anymore at that. I at would that love sentiment. Yeah. What's behind the eye roll. Please get into it. 
Okay, well, first of all, I think the the opposite is also true. Like, if you're struggling with worthiness, like, you might not feel like you are worthy of receiving pleasure. Um, I actually posted a quote today from one of my episodes by um, Luna Matadas, who's a sex educator. We and love she Luna. Said, like, yeah, and she's basically like, if you can't... Um, something about like, if you can, you can barely receive a compliment, let alone receive oral, you know? So I mm-hmm. think like, especially women who are taught to be like good hostesses, it can be really hard to like, just receive. Um, but I think the eye roll is like, yes, it's important to like do work on yourself and continue to like practice self-love and like fostering inner child and, you know, love and self-parenting and all, all I was gonna say all that bullshit, <laughs> all that therapy bullshit. Like, yeah, it's, it's important to work on that. And to me, like self-love and worthiness is not a destination. It's a, it's a, it's a process. It's a muscle. It's something that you work at consistently, um, probably forever. And so like, if we're waiting until we love ourselves, then you're going to be fucking waiting forever and never going to be with anybody else. And never fucking. <laughs> and never fucking. Yeah. So like, yes, there's a level to which you need to practice feeling worthy of receiving but there's also a lot of healing that can come from like relationship like we are social creatures and we heal in relationships so i'm not saying you should like depend on someone for all of your you know self-worth um but how could you not depend on it a little bit like we're right. social creatures exactly. and we look to that feedback so there is a lot of healing that can happen from having you know positive relational experiences with someone that helps you feel um, and practice receiving. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I think that receiving in and of itself is practicing learning how to receive. Like if I'm having trouble and I did for a long time, letting somebody go down on me. And mm-hmm. part of that is like working through this idea of like, oh, my labia should look a certain way. All of that. I should uh, smell, yeah. taste, whatever. And then the other part of that is like, yeah, I can go through all of that. But like also them going down on me is part of me like learning how to let that happen. As long as I'm right. like, you know, comfortable with it in the in you know what I'm saying it's consensual all of that kind of stuff but like I've gotten more and more comfortable with it as I have actually experienced it and I don't think that I could have done that just in my head being like yep I love myself I love my vagina I love my labia (laughs) yeah Yeah. exactly well I feel like it's very popular right now as well to be on this like self-love journey and this self-discovery journey and like you need to be alone to figure this out you need to do stuff independently to figure this out and I I understand that and I love that to an extent, but also there is a power and a strength in having someone show you where you can be like loved, where you didn't feel loved before, or, like receiving from them because you didn't feel worthy of receiving before. But I, I feel like there's a hierarchy when you're talking about it culturally of like, no, you need to learn how to do it on your own because then you'll come into this relationship stronger than ever mm-hmm. and it will never fail. And I don't know, I just... I think about that a lot too. And I was having an issue, I still do, (laughs) with thinking that like I need to be perfect before I can enter a relationship. Yeah. I mean, I think for clients that I see that don't have like an active partner, or maybe they don't have a safe partner, or maybe they don't have a supportive partner, um, I will often refer them to additional um, sex educators and coaches, um, specifically like people called like like sexological body workers or surrogate partner therapists. So these are, um, I mean, it's so much more than this, but in short, it's sort of like a 
trained sex coach and educator who does like hands-on work. Mm -hmm. Um, And because sex is something that happens in the body. And so if you're like trying to work on some of this stuff just in a vacuum, yeah, there's like a certain, you know, distance that you can go in terms of like growth and working on things. But at some point you're going to have to like fuck about it Mm -hmm. um, and like connect (laughs) with people. And so I think it's, it's a yes and type of thing. Right. Mm -hmm. It's like practicing a speech when you just do it over and over again in your head, but you never do it with just even one person staring at you. Mm -hmm. Like you're never going to experience what it's actually like when there's more things to like consider in the situation. Yes. I see this a lot with people who have no trouble, like having orgasms on their own, but with Mm -hmm. a partner, it's so hard. Right. I think I bring this mentality into a lot of aspects of my life of like, oh, I have to do this thing before I can do this thing or I have to be this mm-hmm. thing. Like I have to look this way before I'm able to engage in that or I have to That's feel- fucking capitalism, baby. Yeah, there you go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's It fucking sucks because not only is it not like helping me learn that I am worthy of those things inherently, but it's also depriving me of those experiences in this part of my life because it's like okay so I'm in my mid-20s if I'm not able to engage Mm -hmm. in all of those things in my mid-20s like that fucking sucks like sure in my head I'm like yeah well I'll get to do it when I'm like you know in three years however long it takes but it's like okay but what about now yeah like am I not worthy of it now and when I look back am I gonna be like well she fucking sucks she didn't deserve it like no 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 because because then you're constantly living for the future mm-hmm. it's like don't get a tattoo now or you'll regret it 50 years from now it's like i don't give a fuck what i think 50 years from now <laughs> i hope 20- i'm dead 50 years <laughs> yeah. from now. at this rate, <laughs> at this rate i'm not interested <laughs> this is my last trip around this world i want to be out by then but yeah it's like why why would i ever live for this person that doesn't exist yet mm-hmm. like when i'm 70 i'm gonna be thinking about all the things that I wish I just would have fucking done when I was 26. And it's scary to think about, but the person who doesn't exist yet and may never exist, if you think about it, which is kind of cryptic, but also like very freeing because it's like, okay, well, if I'm saying I'm living for this age of myself, but what if I never make it there? That's going to be very shitty. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I mean, that sucks, but I think for some people it does take that long for them to feel like worthy of receiving that pleasure. Mm -hmm. And like, Mm -hmm. I've seen some like, you know, older clients or just older friends and colleagues who have a lot of grief about that. Cause they're like, man, I wish I could have done this in my twenties and thirties, but it like took that long to undo some of the like cultural and societal narratives, um, that they're working with. And so I think it's, yeah, it's hard. <laughs> right. Do you have any other like actionable steps that people can take? Uh, you mentioned, you know, working with like a sexological body worker for like you know, specific things. Are there any other things that we can do ourselves with a partner, um, anything like that that can help us work on those kind of like worthiness wounds? Oh, yeah. Great question. Um, I mean, I think it depends how you learn. I think there's some really great books out there um, about it. Um, I think one, uh, a lot of people like one called, um, I think it's called Shameless by Pamela Madsen. Um, that talks a lot about that. Um I also think if you're struggling more with like uh, body image issues, um, Rebecca Scritchfield has a good book called Body Kindness, um, you know, and that talks a lot about that. Um, I also am a big fan of like just finding your community. And so the people like who are your cheerleaders, the people who are going to be like in your arsenal when you're like fighting the war against not feeling worthy. Um, there's also some really wonderful um groups and classes called body sex body sex is like a femme only like 
for lack of a better word, it's like a masturbation support circle (laughs) (laughs) where you like learn a lot about your body. I'm also a big fan of like pole dancing, burlesque classes, um, like retreat style stuff to like find your community and like find your kind of like your protectors, you know, the people that, that cheer you on, the people that are, um, you know, supporting you in this. So you're not having to to do it by yourself. Um, and I also, I would say like an actionable item, cause those are maybe a little bit bigger. Um, for me, it's the way that I've done it for myself is picking a really small, even 30 second thing to do for myself before I start the day. So like, as soon as I wake up and I don't always do this, it's a practice. It's hard sometimes. Uh, Usually when I wake up, I look at my phone and I'm like Instagram. Um, But I would say what I've been trying to practice is doing something for myself first before I do anything else for anybody. Um, So before checking my email, before doing work calls, before looking at Instagram, I try to make sure that I have at least a minute and and try to grow that minute longer of something that's just for me. That could be like listening to my favorite song and rolling around in bed. That could be making a cup of coffee or a glass of tea. That could be making a shake for myself. That could be going outside and, and taking a walk for one minute. Like just the act of doing something for myself of like, I come first, um, in this space, um, we'll, we'll change your, your neural pathways. Um, but I think start small, you know, start with like something that like smart goals, it's an acronym, look it up, but basically like something that's small and manageable and that you can easily fit into your day. Even if it's like something you're already doing, like spending an extra, I don't know, making sure you have the right toothpaste that you like or like (laughs) spending 30 extra seconds in the shower, like touching that spot on your head where you like your hair to be rubbed. Um, Like literally just something that is the act of, I deserve to like have some pleasure in this moment. Um, I deserve to like, I don't know, just be with this pleasurable feeling. And I deserve to like take care of myself first before I show up for anybody else. Mm -hmm. My heart got like, all shiny when you were talking about like think like the 30 second things like just putting on your favorite song or like mm-hmm. making a smoothie making your thing it's like oh those things are so fun mm-hmm. but you wake up and you either distract yourself immediately or are in like rush hour mode um and you forget that like literally 30 seconds can impact like how you're thinking of yourself that day mm-hmm. yeah and if you're noticing that like even 30 seconds is hard like that says a lot you know, if you're not even willing to do 30 seconds just for you, like get a therapist. Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> and, and you're still saying you don't have anxiety or anything. It's like, oh, grow up. <laughs> um, well, that's what I think therapy is to me as well. Like no matter what you're working on, for some people, it's just an hour during the week where it's for them. Right. And so just like I said, picking something that's just for you, that you do just for pleasure, that doesn't have a goal, that's not like for um, you know, for success, for an end result, but just like something that you're doing just for you, just for pleasure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that. Me too. What would, what would y'all's be? I was going to ask you. I told you I would flip uh, yeah. like, All right. I'm interviewing you now. <laughs> what about like masturbating? Could that be one? Duh. <laughs> okay. Cause I really like that. I actually, I did that this morning. Um, my, I got up out of bed to like go to the bathroom, but then I let the dog, I have two big dogs and I let them out of the room, which meant that my partner was going to have to get up. And then he got up and then I went back in and shut the door and then oh I my went and masturbated. And I'm like, I love that. it's yes. called a morning routine. It's called a morning routine. <laughs> Some people have yes. skincare, yeah. you know, 
I do my other no, stuff. No, that's great. And you, you know, if you want to expand that even further, a lot of people believe, and and if you're not a woo-woo person, like there is just research on like how we talk to ourselves. So I'm calling it sex magic, but it's also like research backed. I love that. Um, Please go. So some people do, <laughs> have you talked about sex magic? Uh, yes, we have, but it's been a very long time. So please- yeah. All yeah, of it. so just a reminder, and again, like I said, if you're like, no more woo-woo, because I have, I have the listeners woo-woo. like that who are like, stop <laughs> with the woo, but I'm like, woo just means like embodiment, so right. you need mm-hmm. to check yourself. Yeah. <laughs> <But> if, <laughs> if you don't like embodiment, um, ooh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so um, I got distracted. Okay, so what were we talking about? Sex magic. <laughs> sex magic. Sex magic. Thank you, ADHD. <laughs> um, sex magic is basically instead of like orgasming or thinking about, um, you know, someone or something else, it's kind of like channeling your erotic energy to get what you want. Um, and so this can be used in like a practicing self-love and worthiness way. So seeing if you can come and get off while saying something like you're so hot. Or like, I'm so hot or like, I deserve everything or like, I'm a queen, I'm a goddess, like my pussy's so amazing, like literally whatever, whatever um, nice thing that you're struggling to say to yourself, try to see if you can say that like when you're about to come or like see if you can even get off on the thought of like cheerleading yourself. Um, It feels fucking powerful. I'll say that. I love that. I think there could be no better morning. (laughs) (laughs) No, absolutely. I think that's great. I also want to say I'm so hot now. <laughs> Masturbating. I will try that later. Mine, mine would probably be like, I love morning coffee and I feel like I just don't have time to do it. So music and coffee would be like my two and masturbating but you already took that one so Sorry. <laughs> i'll go with you you can have your coffee making your coffee yeah in your kitchen <laughs> i was gonna say i can use that uh you know the, a drink mixer but that would hurt so bad <laughs> but just... this is, this shit is also like i'm thinking about the drink mixer now <laughs> <laughs> Try it out. Let me know how it is. Maybe try it over some clothes. Just first. use the vibrating end. Yeah, I was like say, the I'll base. Just like use the base of it. Yeah. It's also my roommate, so maybe I, won't. I mean, be like, this is this is wellness. It's wellness. Do you not Stay love yourself? Yeah. Yeah. Look away or look directly at me. Yeah. But like, I think often starting small like this can feel like it's too much of a baby step. But like, this is a step towards like enhancing your sex life and enhancing pleasure. Because if you can't take that 30 seconds to do something for yourself, it's going to be really hard to like receive something when it comes to sex. So Mm -hmm. like starting with something that's less triggering than sex, if you're struggling with that is essential. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, so you mentioned flippantly a second ago, ADHD, (laughs) (laughs) and I have slept with someone who has ADHD and I can just tell that he was in like sensory overload at times. And that would impact our mm-hmm. sex that we were having in terms of like whether we could continue, whether we had to like change location. How how do we support someone who is maybe struggling with sensory issues or like being able to be in the moment? Um, and I don't know, how do we just like have the best sex in those times? And also um, as someone. And also as someone, that. yes. Yeah. 
How I want to shout out uh, a colleague. His name's um, Ari Tuckman, and he has a book called um, ADHD, or like a program and a book called ADHD After Dark. I think he also has a podcast, and it talks about like ADHD and sex and relationships. Um, so that's a really great resource. Um, I think he does classes and things as well. But um, I'm a big fan of like everybody figuring this out for themselves because it's not just like neurodiverse people that need to know their style and what they need so I don't know if this person you were hooking up with like was aware that this was happening for them or were they trying to like be normal um he was definitely aware that like the smell of the candle was throwing him off and like too much for the room or like he would get distracted by something like he knew that like yeah his ADHD was impacting him being able to stay in the moment and was he able to like say it and and share that and ask for something different? Not in the moment, but later. Yeah, like we talked. I mean, about be- it. better better late than never. It's right. hard in the mm-hmm. moment, I think. But like, I feel like oftentimes people don't set the scene for themselves if they feel shame about what like their scene needs to look like, and I think then people don't allow themselves to like have the the space and the experience and set it up in a way that works for them because they feel like they're just supposed to do it a certain way. Like, I mean, how many movies have you seen where it's like, Oh, the candles are romantic, but for this person, it's like, I fucking hate the candles. Yeah, right? gagging. <laughs> this is so yeah. distracting. Um, so you might've talked about this on the podcast, but like good to reiterate, I'm a big fan of the erotic blueprints. Mm-hmm. Um, so go. And if you don't know what that is, like take the quiz And basically it's kind of like a personality test for like your sexual style. Um, So it might help you figure out like what you need. Um, There's also another colleague of mine, um, Dr. Jess O'Reilly, and she talks, forgot what she calls it, but it's basically like, what is your like ideal feeling or something like that? Or like your core core erotic feeling, she calls it. Um, And that basically means like, what do you need to feel in order to feel pleasure so like do you need to feel surprised do you need to feel excited do you need to feel taboo do you need to feel calm do you need to feel no sensory stuff like how do you need to feel um and I think that's a really good addition um because then this person that you were talking about or anyone listening who resonates with that would have been able to have a chat with you first and been like hey I have recently gotten, you know, in touch with like the kind of way that I like to have sex. And for me, what's really hot is like, I really love like a dark room and I like this kind of lighting and, you know, smells kind of throw me off. And um, they'd be able to like set the scene to where there were minimal things and it was like set to their blueprint, you know. Mm -hmm. But I also think for that person individually, it's them learning tools and skills to like come back to their body and then ideally, hopefully being able to share that with you as their partner so that they can not feel embarrassed during the moment to be like, oh, you know what? I'm sorry. My ADHD brain just like went to like, you know, thinking I heard the cat vomit in the other yeah. room. You know, whatever, whatever we don't have like, a cat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm hearing voices. I need to stop. Um, but, you know, like something, something just popped up. Like, do you mind if we slow down a bit and go back to kissing? Because I, I really... I was having so much fun and I want to continue with you, but I need to like restart. Right. So like Emily Nagoski and come as you, I would call that like reaccelerating the breaks. Um, so I think it's an important skill because like neurodiverse or not, there's going to be something that takes you out of the moment, whether it's you're thinking about how your labia looks or somebody farted or you hear something in the other room or a smell happens or a weird noise happens or you get a cramp or a Charlie horse or whatever. So being able to, come back to yourself um is really important 
I love the idea of restarting. I yeah. think that is so cool. And I feel like how I've been socialized, how we're socialized is like if something bad happens, then yeah, it's the like- the moment's ruined. Yeah, the moment's ruined or you have to like pretend it didn't in order to like keep going, but you just have to keep going forward instead of going mm -hmm. back. Mm -hmm. And it's like, but what if I want to go back? Like, yeah. <laughs> I don't even know if this is related, but my partner, like whenever he forgets something, I'll have him go stand where he was when he remembered what it was because he'll like forget mm. it in a couple of seconds and then he'll remember it. And it's like, I bet that's helpful for sex for too. Sex too. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly totally. what you were saying is what was in my head is like, we're always told to pick up where you left off, yeah. keep moving forward instead of resetting, starting at the beginning because that's super fun mm -hmm. and we can re-accelerate after that and I feel like there's connotations of like restarting as being kind of controlling at least that was like the mm. initial thought I had in my head of like oh well if I ask to go back is that controlling am I like we got this really well, that's, that's coming back to the worthiness thing of like yes. is it okay to take more time mm -hmm. and to say what I want we got this really funny not funny it was funny because of how we interpreted it this really angry message of a man calling us like Oh, I love complete these. Complete controlling <laughs> bitches. And like, how could anybody ever want to be with us? Because we're just trying to control everything. I don't even know Definitely what he was referring to. <laughs> right? I don't want to fuck that guy. <laughs> I was so confused yeah. on what he was even referring to. I think we had said something about consent, probably. Oh, and he God. was like, you're such a controlling cunt. And it's like, yeah. yeah. If that's what you consider a controlling cunt, I absolutely I'll get am. that tattooed on my ass yeah. is what I will do. <laughs> my God. I love that for you. That's self-care. Don't wait, right? Don't wait. Don't get that tattoo wait. now. Controlling cunt. Tonight. Yeah. We go at dawn. I'll brand you with it. Let's just do it that oh, way. Oh, we could do it at the barn. Yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Oh my love god! It. I love that. I want controlling cut branded. We could do. I mean, we could do CC for short. You know, or yeah. C squared. So it's god. a little less painful. CC me, unless you're into CC pain. me on that one. Uh, in my in my free time, something I do for pleasure is I'm in a band um, with some other therapist friends of mine, uh -huh. uh, and it's not as cool as it sounds. It's basically like School of Rock for adults. It's called. <gasps> That's cooler. That's so cool. So cool. <laughs> Yeah, you like go and you learn a few songs during the quarter and then at the end you have a concert, aka a recital, like at 11 in the morning. Oh um, my god, I'm obsessed. But we were joking around one night because there's a really cool hike near my house that um, has this cave that my mom calls Cunt Cavern because it looks like, yeah, it looks like a cunt. Um, it's beautiful. And so I was joking about it with this uh, woman in my band and the we have like a band leader you know the guy who's like helping helping us learn the songs and put things together um and we were coming up with like the name of the band and we had already come up with the name of the band but we were joking and we were like oh we should call the band see you next tuesday especially because at the join the band concerts there's also children's and like adolescent bands um so we were like ha 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 you know call the band see you next tuesday uh, but we'd already come up with a name and so i guess he like didn't know that was a joke and also didn't know like that see you next tuesday means cunt and so um at the concert they have like a poster and they obviously like show all the band names and then they announce your name and ours was see you next tuesday oh that's iconic <laughs> Iconic. I'll send you. I'll send you a picture. But it was like, Please. and then he, he had to introduce us because we told him what it meant. He was like, it, it was. Uh. I love it. I'm that's, obsessed. That's hilarious. Feral Girl Summer. Feral Girl <laughs> Summer. That's our band name now. That's our band name now. 
That is so amazing. Also, that is the coolest thing I've ever heard of. School of yeah. Rock for adults. And now I want to... God, there's a fucking fuzz in my I'll page. invite you to my next concert, a.k.a. recital. Yes. Please. <laughs> Usually on Sunday mornings. Um, so we're there. <laughs> my God. The other thought I had that is just like jumping around Swirling. was in terms of figuring out like sensory stuff i was wondering what do you think it's like to have sex in like a sensory deprivation tank i've masturbated in one <gasps> you have what so was i would it call like? that sex yes absolutely yeah. um it was in this beautiful like i mean some of them are like small they're like little yeah. like uh coffins like a yeah. <laughs> yeah i don't know if you i mean if you like that that sounds really fun um but I think sounds if you're into that it sounds great you know some people that are get sensory overload might love Mm it um for me I think I like felt so relaxed but also the water was like such a nice temperature I'm such like a sensual person and so I was just alone and it was sort of like a cave style so it was like a beautiful cave looking thing and there was lights and I just like masturbated I think the only downside was because the water is salty afterwards I, my Volvo was a little like angry because it was mm-hmm. like, you know, I had rubbed pretty hard. So <laughs> just be aware of the salt. You know, that's a really good point. <laughs> wow. That would be really cool. Sounds like, yeah. And also vibes. like, I don't know if you've ever been to Israel, but the, um, the dead sea there is very mm. salty and like, it can really hurt your asshole, um, <laughs> and your, your holes. So just like, that would be my only, uh, just, just be wary of your holes and the salt. That's the a really sea. good PSA. It'll hurt your asshole. <laughs> it might not. It might not. But you like, might be you, great. Know, just... you have to squeeze the whole time. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. I mean, that makes sense. Cause I really I mean, this was running water, but I loved my my water slide mm-hmm. that I have, and that was like a water orgasm that I had, and that was yeah, that was fun. <laughs> but you can like create your own, you know, sensory deprivation tank, right? You can do the Stranger Things like make it a home, mm-hmm. you know, sensory deprivation. So like, get some headphones, get a um, blindfold. Um, have somebody like, you know, if you want them to curate music, another, you know, people also do that with kink, like they'll be in like a vacuum thing where they'll um, basically in a vacuum bed, um, where you're kind of like stuck to the bed. And so you can't move. Um, People like to be tied up or they like to have like saran wrap around them. So, you know, there's lots of fun ways to not have a lot of um, sensory input. Mm -hmm. Damn. That vacuum thing sounds like it would trigger every single one of my fears. Being stuck? Yeah. Which can be hot if it's not, like, too triggering. I think Mm -hmm. if I pushed past the, like, initial discomfort of, like, don't push, Don't push past, but get regulated. (laughs) But get regulated to not being able to move because my entire body is, like, vacuum sealed, then I would be okay. If But, yeah, it would take me a hot minute, Mm -hmm. I think. But sensory deprivation, that actually sounds really nice. The bath d- scene that you just described, like big headphones, face mask, whatever. Oh, that'd be nice. 600 pounds of salt. I don't know why I said <laughs> 600 pounds of salt. Yeah. But also, like, I think people should, like, set the scene for themselves in their life and not just, mm-hmm. like, the sex scene, right? Like, if you know that you are a, like, sensual person and you like to have some of these things around, like do that for yourself, not just when you're having sex, you know, you can have a little sensory deprivation experience anytime. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think that could be your, maybe your morning, that morning care routine we were talking about. 
That's really true. I think I like moved into a new apartment a couple of months ago and I've really been trying to curate it to like my mental needs. And one of those things is like my living room is painted black and I have like really big velvet curtains that I usually nice. like I keep closed a lot of the time. <clears throat> Excuse me. I like sun, but I also really like to be in a cave and that's really comforting to me. So like making my house into that has been very helpful for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, great. And your living room is adorable. Thank it's you. Super perfect. Yeah. Thank you. I love it. I lo it sounds great. I'm I'm coming. Yeah. Over. <laughs> it sounds great. I've worked hard on her. You're welcome <laughs> to come over anytime. Is there anything yeah. that we didn't cover that you feel like needs to be said? Any PSAs you want out there besides like your asshole burning in the dead sea? Anything? <laughs> yeah. Anything like that? I don't know if there's any better PSAs. Than <laughs> there that. isn't. No, I think just like coming back to what we were talking about earlier of just like normalizing all this stuff and feeling normal and like, look, this is my, I tell this to clients all the time. Like this is my field and I still struggle with a lot of this stuff. Like I'm still working at it. I mean, granted I'm like putting in a lot of effort to work on it, but like this is an ongoing process. Like sex especially is not something that I think we all like to believe that something that just like happens naturally, but like, it's a, it's a practice. It is a skill. It's something that you have to put time and effort and energy into. Um, and so I think just normalizing that it's like, yeah, probably everyone else out there who's not putting time and effort and energy into it is also struggling to some extent at some point. Um, and yeah, I think it's just important to, to try to remember that um, and not compare yourself, which is really hard. And I think a last note of you saying that you're still working on it too is super like important to hear because like you never reach a profession or a state in your life in which you've mastered things because I feel like you're always changing. So yeah, I mean, I obviously I have more tools and resources right. I think now, but um, I don't know. It's just amazing. I think where people really need help is like what's keeping them stuck and what's keeping them like frozen because the resources are out there to do this. It's just kind of like what we were talking about that worthiness piece. And that could be freeze response. That could be trauma. That could be not feeling worthy, you know, what, whatever it is, but like, it's always hard for me to see sometimes clients who I'm like, here's all these great resources. And they just really struggle to turn that into into apps it's hard I get it like I struggle with that as well um sometimes we have to get to like a breaking point of like things are so bad that I like have to do something about it um but it's yeah it is a work in progress it is an ongoing muscle and depending on what's going on in the world like it's gonna ebb and flow too Amazing. yeah where can our listeners continue connecting with you after this episode well, you can come visit us um, at our uh, vacuum sealed float tank uh, <laughs> tattoo ranch day. Tattoo <laughs> ranch day. <laughs> I would kill for one of those days. Um, I'm on Instagram at Sluts and Scholars or Therapy with Nicoletta. Um, I've started maybe trying to do TikTok, but like every time I make a video, I like kind of hate myself a little bit, um, but I'm trying. So it's <laughs> lots of it. scholars there. Um, and you can listen to the podcast anywhere you, anywhere you get your podcasts. And um, I, my practice is full right now, so I'm not taking new clients, but feel free to reach out if you're in California looking for a therapist. And if I can't see you, I'm always happy to give people referrals. Um, and that's at nicolettavheidegger.com. Was uh, the great fox hunt on was that when no. we were recording? Okay. Uh -uh. So Nicoletta was like sharing all these different things with us after we 
stopped recording um, and said that in the area that we live, there was an event called the Great Fox Hunt going on, a kink event. Yeah. Um, and she had asked us if we were kinky. And Emma answered like, yeah, like we're definitely both a little kinky. Uh not in this way. Not necessarily. This way, necessarily. We don't know. Uh, I would beg that Cass is very interested. I am. I. You don't have to beg. I am very interested, but less from an engaging point, more right. from a. I just. I want to know more. Mm-hmm. Um, the Great Fox Hunt is kink event. It's like, I guess, goes into like puppy play that sort of thing, but right. with predator prey handler it's a camping event is capture the flag, capture but the flag. kinky. Uh, wet. Everything contest. Uh, a pen with hay in it mm. that I assume you have sex in. Mm-hmm. And in the directions, instructions, warnings. Guidelines. Guidelines. They said that uh, like be comfortable, be open, because you will see people having sex mm-hmm. like out in the open. So I'm assuming it's kind of like a free-for-all. Yeah. In terms of like what you're comfortable but with. But you do have to like apply. It's like a whole thing. Yeah. So it sounds like very safe and well regulated and right. like all right, of right, that right. kind of stuff. Like it, I truly think it would probably yeah. be some of the most sex positive, amazing people. If we've learned anything yes. from kinky people on this podcast. Also, it's very like you can't bullshit your way through the questions. No, you They're cannot. very introspective in terms of like how you view kink and how you view yourself. What you would change about like your local kink scene, like yeah. all of that. So it's not really for us we're too much of a beginner too vanilla for yeah. that but we, um, I said I would go if I was, could be invisible <laughs> that's yeah. when I would go um, so, but if you're going please let us know Yes, and we would love to hear from you you're mm-hmm. welcome to be a guest on the podcast yes. and you're welcome in my home yeah in my home in my heart <laughs> not quite my vagina but we'll not see where the night goes yet. we'll <laughs> see where the night goes um, we were talking about how my partner well, he didn't have as welcoming of a response as I thought he would you when we really told him about it. He would be all about it, but he was well, cause not. Well, because he loves capture the flag and like games like that. So we we're like, he's going to be naked, running with a tail butt plug in, dong out, just <laughs> straight across the field, uh-huh. the meadow, the meadow. <laughs> but no, yeah. Uh, when we tried to pitch it to the, the fellas, they were not. As excited as we thought they were going to be. they But both said that they would. If we really, really wanted yeah. them to. Which so. is a fair enough response for me. Yeah. That's all yes. I'm really looking for. All I'm really... Willingness. <laughs> willingness. The willingness to try. To fail. To fail. To fuck. <laughs> to fox. <Yeah. laughs> what should they do if they like us? Uh, you should head on over to Apple Podcasts and Spotify to rate the show. It means so much to us. We love your five-star reviews yeah. <laughs> and your kind words. Um, there is another place that you can send stuff if you aren't so happy. It is called The Garbage. It's called The Garbage Can. Uh, it's probably right behind you. Just crumble yeah. it up. Put it in there. But to be fair... We have gotten critical feedback that has been very, very sweet. And so we do appreciate that. Um, Sometimes. <laughs> we do our best. We're both very we sensitive. We do our best. <laughs> We're both very sensitive. I'm not like welcoming it. But. I'm not opening up that here door. Here we are. <laughs> Send your kind words. Yeah. Keep everything else to yourself. <laughs> we'll talk to you next week. Love you. Love you. Bye. Bye.